Hello to all our listeners. Today we will be studying Hilchot Shekalim, third chapter. This is Joey Faor teaching here. Um, in the previous chapter, we spoke mainly about the collection of the Shekalim and their place in the temple. In this chapter, we will discuss the Kolbon, a special tax for those who want to convert any amount of money into half shekels. And the responsibility, and as well, we will also be discussing the responsibilities over the Shekalim by those collecting it. Um, etc. In this chapter, there are four main parts. The first part deals with the tax of the kolbon, and it's and describing it, what it means. The second part deals with the messengers collecting the shekalim, their responsibilities. What are they responsible for? What are they not responsible for? What if somebody loses the money, etc.? The third, the third part of the chapter deals with what happens if someone steals from the shekalim that are to be given to Beit Hamikdash. The fourth part of, the, of this chapter deals with what is done with the leftovers of the shekalim that weren't used for the temple. Well, what do we do with these? With these leftovers that weren't used for the temple, do they are they still holy? Are they still um uh, um I wouldn't say holy. Are they still miuhadim for the kodesh or not? We will see about this in the coming chapter. So let's start. Halacha Aleph. Mm. Yes. So this halacha is discussing the conversion of any amount of money for half shekalim in the time of year that the collection of the collection of mahasita shekel specifically in that time of year. So halacha alif hasayah shekalim the half shekels hakol serichin lahen they are in high demand kedeshi yitem kol echad veechad hasi shekel shehu hayah so that each person could give the half shekel that he is obligated to give on on his name. לפיחח כשהיה אדם אולח של השולחני ומסרף שקל בשני חסאיים יתן לו תוספת על השקל ואותה תוספת מקלת קולבון. Therefore, when somebody would go and want to convert one shekel into two halves, and I'm adding, and this doesn't say in Arabic, any other amount of money into halves. Okay, let's say five shekel into halves into ten halves. He would have to give an additional amount, a tax. On the money that he's giving, because he wants the halves, because halves are in high demand. And this tax is called kolbon. Therefore, therefore, two people, even two people, um, two people that gave one shekel. Um, to the collection of Mahasita Shekel, instead of giving halves, are obligated to give a kolbon with this one Shekel um, uh, because they are taking away from the amount of half Shekels that are there and the high half Shekels are in high demand. Halakha bit. Kol mi she'en ochayab b'shekalim, keron she'te nashim o she'te abadim she'natinu Shekel peturim in a kolbon. However, all those who are not obligated to give the mahasita shekel, uh, if they do give a full shekel, you know, we said that although they're not obligated, if they give, they may give. If they want to, we don't, we don't not take from them. So, if they give a full shekel, let's say uh, two women wanted to give a full shekel on behalf of themselves, etc. So we do not tax them with the kolbon. Also, somebody who gave one full shekel, who, who wanted to give for um, himself, and he was he was obligated, and as well as for somebody who was not obligated with one shekel, for example, he had one shekel to give for him and his wife, for him and his child, etc., who are not obligated, um, uh, he would not have to give the tax, 
even though he's giving one shekel to the collectors, um, and one shekel normally if you give them to the collectors, you would have to give the tax. In this specific situation, you wouldn't. Also, Kohanim that give one full shekel for Mahasita shekel um, are not obligated to give the tax of the Kolbon. Um, and this is for the same reason we described in chapter 1, we don't want to overtax the Kohanim because anyway they don't have their own Nahala, they don't have their own land, etc. Um, so they're peturim from the Kolbon. Also, somebody who um, uh, switches money through a Kohen, um, uh, switches money for a Kohen, in other words, converts um, sh- um, uh, certain amounts of money to halves, doesn't have to d- take the Kolbon from the Kohen. So somebody who is gives money on himself as well, who is giving mahasita shekel, okay, for example, one full shekel, he wants to give on himself half a shekel, then another person half a shekel, for himself and for a poor person who doesn't have money or for his neighbor who didn't have money and maybe will pay him back, um, so if he's giving a full shekel, if it, he's giving it as a present, in other words, he's donating their half shekel on his behalf, okay? He is not obligated to give the kolbon even though he's giving one full shekel. Because he's giving a full half shekel on himself so that those who can't give, like the ani or his, or his, or his neighbor who maybe doesn't have for some whatever reason, um, he's giving it on himself so that those who can't give, give, and there'll be more money ultimately in Betul and therefore, we don't tax in the kolbon. However, if he gave on somebody's behalf, not for, um, not as a present, not as a, um, you know, to, the kindness of his heart, but rather, but rather he gave it um, on on, behalf, on on condition that they pay him back, etc. Then he has to give the kolbon as though it was two people giving one shekel. And as we described in Halakha Aleph, they have to give a kolbon. Halakha Dalet. Ha'achayim she'adayin lo chalekum ha'sheheniyach lahen abihen. V'chein ha'shutafin she'natenu shekel al yedeh shenehen, al yedeh shenehen, peturim in a kolbon, two brothers, or, or more, two or more brothers, who received inheritance from their father. And they haven't um, split it yet between them. As well as two partners who had money, who had a joint account of money, like a joint bank account in our modern context or a joint um you know pot of money that they would use for their partnership these two are not obligated to give the kolbon in what situation are we talking those partners who um use the same pot of money and the money has already changed. In other words, it was already, let's say they had 100 coins, and the 100 coins were already mixed in and used, and, and they got changed back from their coins. In other words, it was the coins, it wasn't the same money that they put in. So, for example, you'll have two partners. Each partner puts in $50, okay? And you see the two, the, the amounts of money that each person put in. But once the money has already started to be used and, and, and moved and circulated, so we have circulated money here, and this money is as though it's mixed and it belongs to both of them equally, and there's not a specific part that you could point at and say it belongs to one partner more than the other. 
אבל מביא זה מעותה וזה מעותה בערב הוא, ועדיין לא נשתנו המעות ולא הוסיעו, הרי אלו חייבים בקורבן. However, if the money in their pot was uncirculated, in other words, um, it was, you know, still visible who gave what, etc., um, then they would still have to give the קולבון. נשאו ונתנו, ולאחר זמן חלקו וחזרו ונשתתבו חייבים בקולבון. So let's say we had two partners who had circulated money and then they split the pot of money back. They split their money, each person however much money belongs and, and he deserves. And then they remixed it. Although it's circulated money from their first transaction, because they split it and now re-put it together, it is considered uncirculated and they would need to recirculate this money in order for it to be considered that it belongs to both of them equally and equally. until they circulate the money and the money changes and then they wouldn't be ha- they wouldn't be obligated to give the kolbon um, brothers or partners that had cattle as well as money if they split the money that was jointly theirs and They split it one to another. They are still obligated to give the kolbon. Even though they still have a cow that's jointly owned by them. Because the money was already split, we only look at the money. If they split the cow, in other words, maybe they did shechita on the cow, or they sold the cow and gave them, split the money of the cow to each one of them, but not the money. They are not obligated to give the kolbon. until they split the money. And you don't say that the money, because they already split the cow, it's obvious that they're going to be splitting the money. No, you only go after if the money is split or not split. If they separated the money for each one of the, the partners, then they are obligated to give the kolbon. However, if the money was still jointly owned by them in the, in the manner described previously, they are not obligated to give the kolbon tax. Halakhava. הנותן שקל להקדש כדי שיחשבו לו מחסית השקל שהוא חייב בה ביתו חסי שקל ממה שגבה מן החסאים חייב שאינו כל בונות. Somebody who gives one full shekel in order to receive change of half a shekel so that it would be considered that he gave a half a shekel to the Bet HaMikdash. Yeah, so he gives half a shekel and he needs to receive change. So normally you would think, right, he would have to give one כל בון, right? But the matter is not such. Rather he ha- is obligated to give two times the כל בון tax. שאילו הזה היה השקל כולו לשקלים, היה חייב קולבון אחד. כי even if this one shekel coin that he was giving was 100% designated for שקלים, in other words, he was not going to take change back, you would still have to give one קולבון. So because of that, now that he's getting change back, that's a second transaction done with this one coin, or, or it's fictitiously a second transaction, he has to give two times the קולבון tax, For that one coin that he gives on himself so in, in in reality he would benefit more from giving maybe one coin on two people which then they would only have to give one cold bond for the two people for, for both of them together then one person individually giving one full coin when he would have to get uh, receiving back change of half a coin um because he would have to then give two cold bonnet tax now we're dealing with how much what is this deals with the amount of money that the cold bond tax literally sums up to. In the time that 
Mahasita shekel was worth two dinarin, and we spoke about the different um, sums of how much each coin is worth in chapter one, and the different um, uh, the different um, uh, you know sums what each coin is worth in um, the amounts one to another. Um, so in the previous chapter, in, in chapter one, so. If in the time that Mahasita Shekel was two dinarin, the kolbon was the ratio of one of half a ma'a. Uh, was half a ma'a. So, shehu ehad dinar, which is a, a twelfth of a dinar. In other words, a twenty-fourth of Mahasita Shekel, the ratio of one to twenty-four to the Mahasit. And it was never given, the kolbon was never given less than a twelfth of a dinar. And you don't put the money that was given for the kolbonot with the shekalim, but rather, but rather they put the kolbonot, the taxed kolbonot, in a separate place, um, in a separate pot of money, and this pot has a slightly different status than um, uh, the shekalim. It is more, perhaps a little bit more lenient. Halachahet. Somebody who designated a certain amount of money, a half a shekel, to give to the Bet HaMikdash, and he lost it, he is liable for this half a shekel until he passes it on to the collector. Once it passes on to the collector, it is already, um, the liability passes on to the collector. So, the residents of a city who passed on their Hasa'i Shekalim to a messenger that, were, that was in charge of taking it to Bet HaMikdash and he lost the coins or they were stolen. If the messenger taking the coins for the city is unpaid for his protection of the coins, then the halakha holds that he is not responsible for losing them because he's a shomer hinnam and any shomer hinnam is not responsible for the loss and the damages. However, he is obligated to swear to the city, the residents of the city, that he in fact protected the coins adequately. So in order to be not unliable for the loss of the coins, he must swear that he adequately protected the coins and then he does not have to pay anything. And the residents of the city must re-give, must re-collect half shekels for each person a second time to give to Beda Mikdash. However, um, you know, making a swear, making a shivu'ah, it's something very serious, and still it's a it's a scary thing. So so the Shomer Hinnam, so let's say the residents of the city say, no, listen, anyway we're re-giving our money. Don't make the Shomer Hinnam swear that he that he adequately protected it to, so that he doesn't have to make a, you know get involved with doing Shibu'ah. We don't listen to them, but rather he must swear that he adequately protected the coins in order for him to be unliable for the loss of these coins. Because Hachamim prescribed that Hegdesh that was lost, that money that was designated for Beta Mikdash that was lost, does not go unsweared upon. Un, um, with no shivua. 
והן עולים להם לשנה אחרת והראשונים יפלו לשקלי השנה והאחרונים יפלו לשקלי השנה שעברה. It ends up that all of the שקלים that were donated um, uh, are considered in fact שקלים and they do not and let's say they found the money so let's say they found the שקלים that were lost They may not say, oh, because, you know, because we already re-gave re money, so these shekalim are not, are not for the Kodesh anymore. Rather, they're both at the status of shekalim, and the first ones are at the status of as though they were given for the current year, and the second shekalim, the second batch of shekalim, are as though they were given for the previous year. We will see what we mean by first or second um, in, the, in the end of the halakha, in the end of the next halakha. Halakha tit. Shalechut shekalim b'yav shomer sacha. Now we have the residents of a city that sent their money to Bet HaMikdash vis-a-vis a Shomer Sacha, a guard that was getting paid, a messenger that was being paid to transport them from um, uh, the city to Bet HaMikdash. A Shomer Sachar is liable if what he was protecting was stolen or lost. However, he's unliable if, they, if, he was, if it was something that was not under his um, control, as like getting mugged, or um, somebody, you know, armed robbery. However, if the coins, the shekalim, were taken from him in a manner that he was not under his control, he, he, because he's Shomer Sakhar, he's patur. He is not liable for the coins. If after... The Terumah was taken out. He was, um, in other words, if after the first of Nisan, which is the day which the, the, the large containers of money, as we described in Al-Akhabet, the containers are moved from, um, uh, okay, so let me, let me just take a step backwards. The messenger would sometimes have to walk many days to make it to Bet HaMikdash. So even if the coins, we said the designated date that the coins have to arrive at Bet HaMikdash is the first of Nisan. But sometimes it would, so sometimes they would leave way before the first of Nisan, but it would still take a while for them, the, for the messenger to make it there. So if it was before the first of Nisan, and what happens on the first of Nisan? The first of Nisan is the day in which the coins that were collected from Ahasita Shekel are transferred from the large three containers to the small three containers, as mentioned in the previous chapter. And I recommend going there um, to anybody who doesn't remember. So if the person was robbed, um, you know, be honest, not with his, you know, it wasn't, it was something that was not under his control um, after, before the first Nisan. So he, the, the messenger must swear to the people of the city and the collectors of the tax that he in fact adequately um, uh, protected the money and it was not under his control, the loss of the money. And the, the residents of the city are not liable as well. The residents of the city do not have to recollect money for Machasita Shekel because the money was first of all in the hands of Ekdesh. It was already designated for Bet HaMikdash. Okay, and it was already given to the collectors for, that were on behalf of Bet HaMikdash. And... It was, and the, the people of the city 
gave it to a Shomer Sachar, somebody who was supposed to protect it with money. They did all they could do. And the person doing the Terumah in Bet HaMikdash, taking the, from the large containers to the smaller containers in Bet HaMikdash, um, as we said in chapter 2, he does it on behalf of all of the coins that were given and that were not given. So the coins of these city were given. And therefore, um, uh, and therefore, um, uh, even the, and therefore, because it was after the first of Nisan, right, and because it was after the first of Nisan that the messenger lost, uh, was, was armed, was uh, honest, was lost the coins under, not under his control, um, so it is as the, still the Terumah that was done in Bet HaMikdash, the three large containers, the three small containers that was done in Bet HaMikdash, was done on behalf even of those that were still on the way to Bet HaMikdash. Therefore, the people of the city have filled their obligation. It's a little complicated to understand, but um, it's, it's not such a complex thing. It's, it's just three stages here. So I'll, I'll repeat the stages here again. I'll repeat the, um, you know, the line of reasoning here. First thing is the city... Um, the people of the city gave it to a Shomer Sachar. Okay, Shomer Sachar is somebody who makes who gets who's paid for his protect, protecting of the thing. No, the people of the city, sorry, they gave it to the collectors of the tax for Bet Hamikdash. It was already in the hands of Bet Hamikdash, of the collectors for the temple. Now the collect and they sent it with a messenger that was being paid, but at the time of Aleph Nisan, which is the time where the money is supposed to be there, passed. So that the Tirumah was done, so that they already, um, the Tirumah was already done, so that already the, the, the process of Tirumah, as described previously, was done. And because the process of Tirumah, as described previously, is done on behalf of even the coins that are still on the way to Bet Amikdash, the people of the city are not held liable for the lost money. However, However, if the money was lost before Tirumah to Tirumah, it's still as though the money was in the hands of the people of the city because it didn't make it, because it wasn't, Aleph Nisan hadn't passed and the Tirumah wasn't done. Therefore, the Shaliyah, the messenger, swears that he adequately protected the money, that it was not under his control, the loss of the money, and they must pay repay half shekels to Bet HaMikdash. If, for example, if they swore, the, the person swore and they repaid the money, and then the, the money that was robbed, that was stolen, armed robbery was found, or, or the armed robbers repaid the money, um, both of the shekalim, both of the batches of money are considered um, for shekalim, and and one of the batches are considered for the current year, and one of the batches are considered as though they were given for the previous year. And now Rambam is going to explain what we mean by current year, previous year. There are those who say, and this is interesting, this is one of the few cases in the entire Mishnah Torah where Rambam doesn't make a clear cutting he says there are some who say there are some scheme who say that by first batch we're talking about the batch um, uh, that was earlier in the giving that was given earlier and there are those who say that the first batch are those 
that made it first to Bet Hamikdash. Okay, and this is this is a very um, odd, um, very odd uh, case in which Anabam doesn't actually make Pesach Halacha. Halacha Yod. Hanotel Hasi has shaken the Havero. Leolichol Shulhanim is called to Aliado. Halachushkalo Aliade Asmo, Kedeshelo Mashkinoto. So somebody who gives half a shekel to us, who gives the amount of half a shekel to a friend to give it to the collectors. And he went and took the half a shekel. The friend went and took it for himself so that they don't, um, you know, run after him. If the money that was given made it to Bet HaMikdash or passed Aleph Nisan and was in the hands of the collectors, then the shokel is considered as though he stole from, he didn't mean which is as though he stole from Bet HaMikdash. Um, because the money that, that, that his friend gave him was 100% designated for Bet HaMikdash, and therefore the friend taking it is as though he stole from Bet HaMikdash. However, because the money, because after Aleph Nisan, the Teruma is already done, and therefore, um, even money that wasn't yet in the hands of Bet Hamikdash is considered still part of the money of Bet Hamikdash, and it ends up that this person has sil ends up this person saved himself from getting run after by the taxers, by the tax collectors, and enjoyed money of Bet HaMikdash. However, if the Teruma was not done yet, it was before Aleph Nisan, and the person did this, took the money for himself and gave it on his own behalf, and not on his friend's behalf, he is a, he stole, and he didn't do Me'ilah, he did robbery, um, and he must give his friend back, of course, the half the shekel that he took. Also, somebody who steals or robs, who armedly robs or steals um, money from his friend, from somebody, uh, a half a shekel, and gives it to Bet Mikdash, he is um, uh, he it it is considered as though he validly gave it. In other words, in the eyes of Bet Mikdash. It is considered as though he gave to Bet Mikdash, but nevertheless, he has to pay back um, to the person he stole who was stealing um, unarmed robbery. Uh, he has to give homish, which is a little, uh, 25% extra, and if it's armed robbery, he must give double. Um, just a little point on... Uh... Yes, okay. Al-Hayyad-Alif. <laughs> Right. So somebody who gives Mahasita Shekel from money that was designated to be owned by Bet HaMikdash previously, okay, and Itremat and Aleph Nisan passed, when they use that half of the Shekel that he gave, he is considered as though he did Me'ilah, but he still um, is Yosef Bayadeh Mahasita Shekel. He still um, has, it's considered as though he gave Mahasita Shekel, but he did Me'ilah. Which is a very serious transgression. If he gave from the money that was designated for Ma'asir Shani, Ma'asir Shani, we said, is when a person, um, at certain years of the Shemitah, a person 
when he eats his fruits, he has to do to um to do multiple ma'asrat. He has to put aside for ma'asr sheni a certain amount, um, and eat and eat the money of it in and eat the fruits in Beit Hamikdash. So if he gave the money from those fruits, um, for for ma'asita shekel, it is considered as though he gave ma'asita shekel, but he still has to eat um the amount of money that he gave in Yerushalayim because as because the law of ma'asr sheni um, uh, um obligates him to do so. Also, from money of Shevi'it, the fruits of Shevi'it, which are un, which are not permitted to be sold, he, it's, it, it is considered as though he gave Mahasita Shekel, but he still has to um, buy and eat fruits um, uh, on behalf of the fruits that he took for Shevi'it. However, if it was of Eden, the money that he had, it is considered that he didn't do anything. And Eden is a city of, and we described this in the Chot Teshuvah, if I'm not mistaken. Um, is a city that all of its inhabitants or most of its inhabitants um, were of the Abu Dazara, were idolaters, and the city was destroyed. The city was is supposed to be destroyed um, by the order of the Bedin. Um, and all of the booty of this city is not allowed to be used and it should be burnt. And somebody uses the booty of the city to give Mahasita Shekel, it is nevertheless as though he didn't do anything. Is not he is not you say the hova with it. Halachayot bet. I'm a fresh shiklov is a bushu hayabo. Venim sashi eno hayabo kadash. Somebody who um, put aside money to give Mahasita Shekel in a thought that he was still obligated to give Mahasita Shekel, and it ended up that he was not obligated. For example, somebody gave on, on his behalf or something like that. The money that he put on the side is not considered. Um, if a person put two coins on the side for Betam for for um Mahasita Shekel, it ends up that he only has to give one coin. Um if he put the coins one after the other, he put them on the side for uh, for the Shekalim. The last one is not kadosh, and only the first one has to give, be given to Beit Hamikdash. However, put them at once aside for the designated them for Beit Hamikdash to give for shekalim. Only the first, the first one is considered for for shekalim amash, and the second one is motar shekalim, and motar shekalim are cholim; they are usable for anything. Somebody put aside money designated for shekel for the Mahasita Shekel and passed away. Um, the money goes to Nedava for Beit Hamikdash. Um, uh, Nedava is um, donation. Halachayot Gimel. Halokeh ma'od be'ado ve'amar illu le'shikli. Oshem melaket ma'a ma'a u'peruta peruta u'shetchol le'laket amar aleni melaket ma'od le'shikli. Afilu le'laket melokis naten mem Mahasi Shekel shu'hayav u'bashayav cholin shu'mutar shekalim cholin. Somebody who takes money, a batch of money in his hand, or collects money and says, this money is designated and says with his mouth, or in his mind says, this money is designated for my, um, the, the obligation that I have to get Mahasita Shekel. Only the amount of money that sums up that what's actually half the Shekel is considered belongs to Bet Hamidash, and the rest is Holin, is not, does not belong to Bet Hamidash, and you can use it for whatever you want. Now, in the previous chapter, we discussed the different containers holding, with the 13 containers of Bet Hamikdash holding all the money that was given to Bet Hamikdash. So, and each container had a different 
um, uh, use for it. So, ma'ot, so money that was found in between a, a container that was designated for shekalim to a container designated for nedabah. If the money was closer to the container of the shekalim, it goes, we put it back in the container of the shekalim. If the money was closer to the container of Nidava, we put it back in the container of the Nidava. If it was half exactly in the middle, we don't know which, which container it was closer to, then we put it in the Nidava, in the container of the Nidava, we finish the Nidava, because the Nidava is more stringent. Um, what is given by Nidava is encompassed by, by the Teva of the Shekalim. Therefore, we put it in, but, but what is given in, in the Teva of Shekalim is not fully encompassed by the, by the Teva of Nidava. Therefore, we put it in the Teva of Nidava, which um, is nevertheless will go for something that it was designated for previous in, in the beginning. And any ma'od, any money that is found in between two Teva, we give it to the closer Teva. If they were found in the middle, however, if it was found in between the teva of trees and frankincense, we put in the frankincense, which is more stringent. Ben in between birds and specific birds that go for korban ola, they go to the box of the specific birds that go to the korban ola. And the rule is such. We always go by what is closer, funny, is found in between two um, containers. However, if it was exactly in the middle, we always go by the more stringent one, which was described previous, uh, which we just described now, what is more stringent, what is less stringent, how it works. And any money that is found lingering around in Harabait, in the area of the temple, is not considered Kadosh's Cholin because the rule is that the person in charge of the money only takes out the money from the Lishka, only takes out the money from its desert, from its spot after he already has the animal that the money already bought. And once the money bought the animal, the money is not considered Kadosh Tebetamikdash. And therefore, the money that is found around, lingering around and how to bite, we say not most chances are that. It was already mehulal, already uh, lost the status of mekudash, and was used for whatever it was used. And here we finish chapter three. Baruch Adonai Amen.